Hey Crossroads, so welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck. This is our sixth podcast for the Meet God series, and we talk about Meet God, the Wonderful Counselor. And Pastor Chuck loves to start the podcast, but he doesn't tell me when he's going to ask me a question, so I'm always on guard. I'm always waiting to see. So stay tuned to hear what he does to me in this podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck. And uh, Tracy's here with me. She's my assistant. And uh, we actually are coming out of the sermon, and I don't want to say the others aren't going to be good, but in the Meet God series, this was my favorite one. I was looking forward to it the most. And the reason is, it's on Jesus, the Wonderful Counselor. And I hit a pretty cool milestone. I have now uh, qualified and done everything I need to do in my graduate work, uh, where I'm starting to do counseling with people. So I'm taking appointments, I'm meeting with people, I'm going on a journey with them to get better. And uh, so for today in the podcast, I thought it'd be really, really fun, is I'm going to do counseling on Tracy. (laughs) So Tracy, I want you to share with me one of the worst problems. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Oh my God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know I wouldn't do that, right? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I would never do that with someone on staff. I would never do it with a relative or a close friend um, because it just doesn't work uh, when you do that. But um, And by the way, Tracy's perfect, so she doesn't need counseling <laughs> anyway, right? I wish. Yeah. <laughs> now, relational counseling I could do. Like, by the way, I announced that I really want to make sure she finds the right husband. <laughs> and so um, I've been praying about that, mm-hmm. right? I've been really doing that. Yes, you have. Yeah, and you, there was a lot of people jumped in with me, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of fun. You're really embarrassed right now. (laughs) All right. So anyway, here's what I want to tell you. When the the Bible prophesied that Jesus would come, he would come and he would be a wonderful counselor. Uh, The word wonderful in the Hebrew is the idea that he would really be marvelous and he would bring miraculous things to those he counseled with. And so here's what's really cool is we're seeing... We're seeing that in, in when you study the life of Jesus. Now, he does it today with you when you open up to him. But one of the places you see that he's truly a wonderful counselor is when he's dealing with a woman who was, we call her the woman at the well, and it's in John chapter 4. And in John chapter 4, it starts with that he had to, and the word had, again, I'm going to go a lot to original language and some of these things, it is a word in the Greek, it was must. There was something driving him. And it said he had to be in a particular place at a particular time, and it was in a place called Samaria, which uh, no Jew would go to. All the Jews would do everything they could to avoid that place, but Jesus had to be there because there was one woman and she was in need. Um, And so he gets there, and it's noon, and the apostles go out to buy food, and they leave him all alone. And what happens is she comes out at noon to draw water at the well because there was a common well they would get water from. Now, what's super important to know is that nobody would go to the well at noon. Um, The women would go either early in the morning and even more likely later at night, and that was a time where they not only would get water and that it was cooler in temperature, but it was also where they would fellowship, they would share together, uh, they would talk about life, they could uh, go through all the things that are going on, and this woman's there at noon because she is not welcome. Uh, What you'll read in the story in John 4 is she had been cast off by men. She had five husbands who just divorced her and cast her aside. She had been cast off or cast aside, and now she had become a cast out uh, from all the people in the village. So she's incredibly lonely and lonely. She's super lonely, and she's, she's really hurting, and she's going there. And every time she would go there at noon, it had to be a sign 
uh, that nobody cared about her. No one wanted to be with her. And maybe it just felt better not to look anybody in the eye from all the shame and all the guilt and all the pain. And in all the world in that moment, Jesus had to be there with her. And so when she comes up to the well, an amazing thing happens in John 4, 7. He says to her, give me a drink. Now, this is where I want to pause and have you think. Jesus in that moment is demonstrating something that every great counselor knows, and Jesus is the wonderful counselor, uh, is you're not coming to be above someone when you're counseling them. And even though Jesus is Lord and Savior, that's not what he would do even because he wants to help people. He always met them where they were to take them where uh, uh, they uh, deep down wanted to be and where he knew would be best for them to be. So what does he do? The first thing he does is he actually uh, makes sure they're on the same level. Uh, By asking her for a drink of water, by reaching out to her, he was crossing an incredible number of barriers. We don't have the time to go into all, but racially, he was crossing a racial barrier. Judah Samaritan, he was crossing a gender barrier. Men didn't talk to women uh, in those days in public. As a matter of fact, interestingly, uh, back in those days, even a wife did not talk to a husband in public, at least in most public places. And when the husband walked, the wife would walk behind him, looking at the ground, showing uh, reverence to her husband, uh, which is why we call those the good old days. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, Tracy. Oh my gosh, a fan was here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I had to put that out there. So anyway, um, he's talking to her and he's talking to her. You no, know, miss, this is an equal. Uh, he's, he's demonstrating, I want to be on this journey with you. And, um, one of the things that I love when I finally get to do counseling with people is I want to, I want to let them know, I'm not coming to tell you what to do. I'm coming on going on a journey with you to, to have you find everything that God wants to have for you. And so he asks her, he goes, give me a drink. And she is shocked by that and can't believe that he being a man and being a rabbi, and she knew he was a rabbi and being a Jew would talk to her. And then Jesus says something pretty incredible in verse 10. He said, if you knew the gift of God, who it is who says to me, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. In that moment, he grabs her attention. He begins to talk to her about something that he can give to her that she cannot get on her own, which again is a sign of a a wonderful counselor, a great counselor. He's not condescending. He's still joining her on the journey, but he's saying there's a place we can go where you could get something you couldn't get on your own. And so he's beginning to point her to that. And then she begins to wonder, okay, how could you have that? I can't, like we're at the well. You don't even have anything to draw water from the well from. And she goes, I don't even understand how you could be able to do something like that. Then listen to what Jesus says here, because it's so cool. Uh, Jesus says, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst, for the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. And right away, listen to what she says. She says, sir, she, she gives him a sign of respect, sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty. Uh, nor uh, come all the way out here to draw water. And Jesus gives her something in that moment. And again, I want you to kind of sit back with me. Do you know what he just gave her? He gave her hope. So he starts by giving her dignity. He starts by treating her as an equal. Now he gives her hope. And and one of the most important things that you get when you go to the wonderful counselor's hope. Uh, Most people in that stage where they need counseling, and by the way, I think everybody at some point needs counseling, uh, the thing you need the most is hope. Hope you can change. Hope things will be better. Hope things won't always be the same. And in her case, she was an outcast. She would been, uh, she's filled with shame. She's filled with guilt. And by, and she had no way to solve this problem on her own. Like how she had no power uh, to be able to over 
overcome her situation. Uh, there's nothing she could do. Not even moving would help her. And, and so Jesus now is giving her something incredible. He's giving her hope. Hope that there's this living water that she'll never thirst again. Not just thirst of uh, in a material way, but thirst in an emotional way. And so she wants it. She really wants it. And then Jesus right away, when she says, I want it, I want it, Jesus says, then go go call your husband and and have him come here with you. And then that's where he goes deep with her. Uh, because a wonderful counselor is going to go deep with all of us to take us to the area, the root issue of our need. And uh, she actually right away says, I have no husband. And Jesus says, you've answered correctly when you said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, because you've had five husbands and the one whom you have now is not your husband. So you're talking to me. You're telling me the truth. Now, pause for a moment. In our day and time, people live together. In that day and time, you didn't. <laughs> you just didn't do that. So the fact that she'd been divorced five times, I mean, five men, because only men in, in reality can act divorce, five men had said, I don't want you, and, and they publicly shamed her and cast her off and cast her aside. This guy has said, I'm not going to marry you. In other words, I'm going to have you live with me. I'm going to use you. So in this moment, knowing the cultural context, she's being used and even abused. So she's lonely. She's not wanted. She's been shown she has no value by multiple men. She's being used and abused, and the women in her area don't want anything to do with her. And Jesus said, you know what? Now that we've gotten to the root cause, I want to talk to you. I want to do something important to you. And she says, and I love this line, she says, I, I perceive you're a prophet, you know, because he was telling her things about herself that only a prophet would know because he had never met her. And uh, she, he, she, she begins to talk to him about, well, then who are you? Who are you? And uh, she starts talking about the idea that, you know what, there's all these theological questions out there and all these wonderings about a day that a Messiah will come. And... Um, Here's what's so wild to me. The very first person on earth to find out Jesus was the Messiah was not. By the way, think about this. It wasn't his mom even. She, she didn't really understand it. Mary at that moment still didn't understand it. There's lots of reasons why I could show you that's true. Uh, her, his brothers clearly didn't understand. They didn't believe it. Um, his apostles, his best friends didn't understand. It would be months from now before they would be told the truth of who he was. So in this moment, he chose us in all the world, one lonely, one hurting, one needful, she had a real need, uh, woman to say, guess what? I'm the Messiah. I am he. And she says it very clearly. That's who I am. I am he. And he tells her. And she discovers who Jesus is. And now she discovers the one who wants to give her help and counsel is this promised Messiah which means the anointed one who is the wonderful counselor that's come to be with her. And he gives her value when he tells her that statement. He shows her love when he tells her that statement. He, he shows a, a desire for a relationship when he tells her the statement. And then in the midst of it, she can't contain it. She runs down into the village, probably a long ways away, and she starts telling everybody, come and meet a man who told me all things I've ever done. <laughs> Which, by the way, everybody goes, whoa, we want to hear everything you've done, plus what everyone else has done. And they go up, and then here's what happens. Jesus shows her such value in front of them. They all of a sudden give her a place of honor. They give her a place of privilege. And it just all changes for her because Jesus, the wonderful counselor, did for her what she could not do, did for her with her what she would experience. 
And now she's not in a place of shame, of guilt, of pain, of loneliness, of isolation. And uh, when he leaves, he leaves her so much better. So when the counseling ends for her, she's in a far better place. Now, the reason I get so excited about that and is that is just one of many instances where we see people, uh, Jesus being the wonderful counselor, coming alongside someone in a time of need, joining them in their hurt and pain, traveling with them and journeying with them to a place of wholeness, but always, always giving hope and always showing a direction for the answer. So I love that Jesus does that with us. I love that he has actually called me and others to do that with other people in his name. And uh, I just want to say, you know, no matter how you're feeling today, there's always hope. Uh, no matter what you're either going through now or may go through one day, there's always hope. Um, I want to say that there's never been a moment Jesus doesn't care and Jesus doesn't have an answer. And I don't know about you, but that makes me say, wow, he is truly and marvelous, uh, an amazing, a miraculous, a wonderful counselor. And uh, so I just want to say to you, man, read the Word of God, be with the Word of God, let Jesus teach you things, and uh, get ready for what he's about to show you. We're going to continue the Meet God series in the coming weeks. Uh, we have a very special men's event coming up, though, mm -hmm. now. That's what I'm excited about on... June 7th. June 7th. June 7th. Oh, Tracy, you know the date of the men's event. <laughs> The guy you're, I'm praying for, oh for you. Oh, Okay, what if they're there? What if? You can totally screen them. Okay. Let me I, know. By the way, yeah, they're going to have to have some heavy-duty screening. He's got to definitely have uh, his doctorate and, and be really buff and, and only one tattoo. Oh um, anyway, I'm kidding. But but June 7th is the men's event. Mm -hmm. uh, it's $20 if you register early. It's mm -hmm. 30 at the door. Mm -hmm. Amazing food. Uh, Kenny Luck, is that yes, right? Yep. Is, yeah, Kenny Luck, I don't want to miss his name, is an incredible author, speaker. He's going to be there. We have an incredible comedian going to be there. Uh, so if you guys are out there, all the men out there, come, bring your friends. I'll be with you at it. It cannot wait. It's going to be good. All right. God bless you guys and hope you get some friends to come back and hear more of What's Up with Chuck in our next podcast. Like Pastor Chuck said, we all sometimes need counseling in our lives. So if you feel like there's something that you need to talk through or work through, Pastor Chuck is available for counseling. Go ahead and email chuck at crosswordschurch.com and we can see about getting you scheduled in for a counseling session with Pastor Chuck. We hope to see you guys this weekend, this coming week. And um, again, the, the men's event is June 7th. You can go to crossroadschurch.com slash man up and all the details are there for the men's event. And we'll see you next week.